Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up Doc, episode four. And oh man, I don't even know what to say because the Heat won last night, the Panthers won last night, and I am feeling great. South Florida, eight seeds. We don't even care what seed we are. Give us anybody. We're going to win. Both. You don't You don't want South Florida to win two chips. This is going to be nuts. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead. John Mike, you you were right about the, the Lakers making the Western Conference Finals. How are you feeling? Uh, very good. Uh, I feel like you both disrespected the Lakers. More than that, I feel like you disrespected the greatness of LeBron James. He dropped 39-9 and last night in 43 minutes and carried his team to victory. Nick, what say you about that? Yeah, to be clear, he dropped 30 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Not 39-9-9. Like no, I, I said 39-9. Either way, it sounded like you said 39 points. He didn't have that many. He had 30. I mean, LeBron played an average game. AD controlled the game. and Average? I'm going to say that until I die. Yeah, he averages somewhere between 25. He averages 25, all right? And he scored 30. So he scored 5 points over his average. Like... Come on. Okay, He's, congrats. You just look at the box scores instead of actually watch the game. No, I watched the whole game last night. AD controlled the game. AD controlled the game on defense. LeBron did his thing. I'm not doubting LeBron. I'm just saying LeBron's going to have his game, and the Lakers don't run on LeBron, though. They run on how AD plays. It, that's the matter of the fact. Either way, Dan, you had a tough week. They're, you know, The Panthers tried to get that sweep for you. Couldn't do it. Uh, the Warriors lost. You do have a redeeming fact, and the Heat won the series, but you don't seem very happy about it. So tell me how you're feeling. No, here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, we're one more round closer to the end of basketball season, and I don't have to listen to this anymore or make picks <laughs> about a sport that I don't know or care about. So that's good. The NFL schedule came out. Otherwise, you know, it's just been tough. Pirates are dead. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't even watch hockey today, but it looked like the Kraken one. So, I mean, that's up for grabs still. That was... I look pretty cool. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, you're, yeah. I forgot your champion fell out too. So you had oh, a yeah, really thanks. Yeah, no. I, yeah, everything everything was wrong. But you know, why make a pick? Why make a, a bold take if there's a you know ninety nine percent chance of it going through? I'm not saying that anyone's done that, but you know. Yeah, you know, it's okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and recap Dan's favorite sport, NBA playoffs, because. We had some interesting things happen. First off, Miami stand up, beat the Knicks in five, four, one. Uh, JM's going to get to his apology in a little because he did say if the Heat beat the Knicks that he would apologize to the team, not just to Jimmy. Uh, the Celtics and the Sixers, by the by, the time we're recording this, have not played their game seven yet, and so we don't know who's going to win that. We'll we'll say we'll make a pick on that series. Denver beat the Suns four two. All of us had Denver. Uh, some of us thought maybe Phoenix would show life, and they did exactly what they did last year when they had a critical game to win and got completely blown out of the water. Uh, and then the Lakers did beat the Warriors, which for Dan and I is sad. John Michael did call it. Uh, we'll, we will talk about how we're feeling about the Lakers. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and start in the Eastern Conference. First things first, we need to pick who do we have winning the Celtics and Sixers. Dan and JM, you guys had the Celtics. In this series, I have the Sixers. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I feel as good as I can. As good as I can is my answer. I still do think Boston is going to win this series, but not really in any part because of I feel confident in Boston. I feel more confident that the Sixers are just going to blow it. Interesting. Um, yeah. Than I do feel confident that the Boston Celtics are just going to take the series. And the reason I say that is because uh, Doc Rivers, James Harden, the Sixers in general, they just have this history 
especially in recent years and Doc Rivers over the course of his career, of blowing leads like this. And they had such a great opportunity to win game six, and they didn't show up. They were down seven at halftime. Jason Tatum made one of his first 14 shots. He's first team all NBA, and he missed 13 of his first 14 shots, and they still lose. Now, credit to Tatum. Incredible mental toughness. He showed up in the fourth hey, quarter. Humbly, but... he's one of the best players in the, in the world. You know? <laughs> yeah, humbly, humbly. Oh, man. But still, okay, so th- that's the reason why I, I feel good about my pick still is because I just don't feel confident in the Sixers. That's fair. Dan, how are you feeling? I mean, yeah, Philadelphia's cursed, right? Like, they, they can't win a championship to save their lives. Eagles lost. Um, I mean, how far did the Sixers get last year? Uh, second round. Same place. Okay, great. Yeah. Lost. Um, yeah, I mean, I the, the Flyers are terrible. It's just it's a loser town. So I don't I don't think they win. <laughs> I I think I think Boston pulls it out. I would love to see Jason Tatum play well. I mean, it would also be hilarious if he didn't if he just dropped an egg. But I don't know. I think Boston's deeper, um, and I, I think Boston has a better chance of beating Miami. So that's why I think Boston wins. <laughs> that's fair. And for the other reason, I I I still believe in the Sixers. Uh, they definitely had a prime opportunity and let it slip. I think they learn. They will learn from that, though. Uh, you know, with four minutes left in the game, they were up two. And from that point forward, Joel Embiid did not touch the ball. The MVP of the league did not touch the ball in the last four minutes of the game. Nick, the I, have a, Nick I have a question for you. Yeah. So you think that the Sixers are going to learn from their, you know, recent loss? I just, yes. I'm, I'm curious. Doc Rivers... Do you think that he's ever going to learn how to win an elimination game? Because he's lost yeah. his last eight. He That's fair. Lo- he has lost his last eight. That's fair. That's fair. Games. Here's what I'm. Here, you didn't even let me finish, JM. Here's what I'm trying to say. So, I I think that I think at the very least, Joel Embiid will say if they if the game is close at the end, he's going to demand the ball rather than kind of take that back seat like he took. And I still don't trust the late game of the Celtics I understand Jason Tatum had a great fourth quarter uh you know he was in no one even knew he was on the court he had three points through three quarters uh I think it's a little bold to say humbly I'm one of the best in the world and you know have a first three quarters the way he did and he did great in the fourth but you know you scored 19 points and you're trotting around like saying stuff like that I just don't I don't I don't think you should do that scoring 19. Now, if he dropped 40 and said it, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. But he said it uh, humbly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come humbly. on. Were humbly. you listening? But either way, I, I think the Sixers uh, squeak it out. I think it's a close game. I love that. I love that it's a game seven because it gives Miami extra time to rest. Uh, and I do think that he'd have a better chance if they play the Sixers. Uh, that's not the only reason I'm picking them. I think, again, I think the late game of the Sixers give the ball to Joel and be get out of the way. The Celtics really don't know who they want the ball with. Um, and so that's why I have them. And so let's just go ahead. We're going to preview now what that Eastern conference finals game. One is Wednesday. Uh, it'll either be in Boston or in Philly, depending on who wins. And so I'm going to start because you guys picked the Celtics. I'm going to start. If the heat play the Celtics, how do you see that series going? Uh, I'll take the Celtics. Surprise, yeah. surprise. <laughs> no. Um, I guess this is my chance to issue my apology. I want to sincerely apologize to Eric Spolstra. Oh, okay. Here it is. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> Eric Spolstra is an incredible basketball coach. And to be honest, I've underestimated him. And I've underestimated his greatness. He has coached a bunch of ragtag bums to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row. That's impressive. So I already apologized to Jimmy Butler. He's phenomenal. Eric Spolstra, phenomenal. I will apologize to the entire Miami Heat team and their fan base if they get to the finals. Okay, you said you said you didn't you you would apologize to the entire team if they made it to this round. Yeah, but I did say that, but I didn't realize how sorry of a franchise the New York Knicks were. Everyone all right, that's fair. That. That's on you for making that claim, but that's that's fair, Dan. Oh wait, so wait, where do you have this going? You you gave your apology to the Heat, but where do you have the Heat Celtics going? You have the Celtics. How many games? Oh, Celtics in six or seven. Uh, I want to see if they win tomorrow first before I. By this time next week, we'll record. I'll give you an exact number. Yeah, I'm. We're we're gonna be, we'll be three games in by the time we record. Two or three games, depending. So that will on make what. me way more comfortable picking my pick. So yeah, that's Celtics just... in six or seven. Okay, you seem real confident, Dan. How how do you see the series going if it's Heat Celtics? If it's Heat Celtics, I don't know. I mean, I. Huh, well, I don't know. I mean, I like I, I want to say that I think the Celtics are gonna beat them and you know, five or six, but I mean, we've been wrong so far about the heat. We've been wrong about Jimmy Butler. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be really cool if we saw a seven game series. I think that'd be awesome. I mean, obviously this just doesn't have the punch quite as, uh, you know, Philly Boston game seven. Um, but you know, I think, I, I think the heat's luck has run out. I don't want to say luck. I think they've had a great run. You can't call it luck, right? Like they've been there the you know, last couple of years, they went deep in the bubble. Um, so, I mean, it, it's been fun, but I think Boston steps up if uh, if Boston beats the Sixers. Now, if it's the Sixers, just going quickly, I don't know. I think the Heat might beat them. Um, we'll see. Okay. We, we, can, we can make a prediction on that in a second. Uh, I will say, to call it luck, but, you know, three out of four years making the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, it's only luck after so many times. And so, uh, you know, I think if it's Heat Celtics, I obviously have the Heat winning. That's not surprising. Uh, I think they'd win in seven, and I think it's almost like story written. You know, last year they have a game seven in their home in their home court. Jimmy Butler has a chance to send Miami to the finals, uh, misses the shot. I think if it goes seven, uh, Jimmy takes that, looks at last year, and says not again, and prevails the team. Uh, and I think if it's Heat Sixers, which is the series I think is going to happen, I think the Heat win that in six. Uh, I think they. First off, they have the coaching advantage. Doc Rivers is great. Co- uh, Eric Spolstra, I think, is the best coach in the NBA. And fun fact, he's never won coach of the year in 15 years that he's been coaching, I believe, which is insane to think because he's been – he coaches these teams. He does a great job. Well, that uh, doesn't start be- coaching until the playoffs, Nick. <laughs> no, okay, yeah. By the time the award is already awarded, it, then he starts coaching. No, it's it, he coaches during the regular season. It's just you don't see all the adjustments. But uh, I think the Heat have a great matchup against the Sixers. Uh, the same the same thing happened last year. James Harden. I think we have plenty of guards to throw at him. Tyrese Maxey. I'm not sold on as a Sixer, um, as a player. I mean, uh, and Embiid. Bam matches up decently against Embiid, uh, and we are able to pack the paint a little bit better uh, to be able to stop. 
Embiid. And so I think if it's Heat Sixers, the Heat win in six on their home court. I think if it's Heat Celtics, it probably goes seven. And I think I think if it goes to that seventh game, Jimmy Butler is going to have one of those 40-point games where, oh. you know, he kind of goes off, I believe. Uh, now we'll see. His ankle, I know, has been an injury. And so it, this series was good because the others stepped up. Uh, Bam had a couple of 20-point games. Strew stepped up. Duncan Robinson got back in the lineup and is playing well. And so these other guys are, are hitting shots and playing well. And so that's that might be the scary piece is if Jimmy can get healthy uh, for this series, we might be really scary to see. And so we'll see. Uh, you know, Obviously, next week we'll have a better idea of what it looks like. But, Jam, if it was Heat Sixers, who would you pick? You're the, that's the only thing we haven't picked yet. Uh, Sixers. And how many? seven seven okay <laughs> i like that you go with the long series either way i just want to remind you nick that life is not a fairy tale and so the miami heat aren't going to win the finals and i don't even think they're going to get to the championship so you should taper your expectations now as your friend i'm just telling you taper them i i appreciate it but i if the steelers were in the playoffs you would say the exact same kind of you no, have the exact same no kind of we wouldn't no here's the thing I think we are realists when it comes to this. And if the if the Steelers were in the playoffs, sure, we might be hopeful, but I wouldn't be sitting here saying, like, okay, so here's the thing, all right? I just got to get this out. Like, I have – this is why I don't like the NBA, okay? And I'm sorry, Nick, this comes down to the heat, not making the championship, not winning the finals. The, LeBron ruined this, okay? You can't tell me that there is any team, like, just, you know, a random team in the NBA that goes on a hot run and can win the championship, right? They can't. All of the best players team up. They all decide, oh, you know, let's all, you know, look, look at Durant. He went to Phoenix and he still lost. Like, I don't know. I just don't see them. I don't, I don't see there being a team like the Heat that, yes, Jimmy Butler's a stud for sure. Bam's a great player too. But like just the casual basketball fan, I'm speaking for me here. I don't see how a team with just Jimmy Butler is going to be able to beat a team, um, you know, with a stud like, I'm, I'm, let's just say that they go to the finals, right? And Denver's there waiting. And Jokic is standing yeah. there with his massive paws and his triple doubles, right? Like, I just don't <laughs> I don't see how a team with, you know, one guy can beat a team with, with more guys. That's my that's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time it happened was Dirk against uh Miami in what was it twenty thirteen, I believe. Uh that's probably the last time a, a one man led show did it. Uh so it's been a while, but hey, it, it happens. Teams get hot. We'll see. Uh, we're going to go over to the West now. So this series, we know it's Lakers Nuggets. Uh, and so I'm going to start with you, JM. Who do you have winning Lakers Nuggets? Uh, the Nuggets in seven. Um, I mm. think that the, I think that the home team is going to win every game in this series. Uh, so that that's what I'm the Lakers have been. Like I said, I mentioned on last episode, the Lakers have been incredible at home. Uh, the role players step up. Uh, you've got guys like Lonnie Walker coming off the bench. Uh, you've got Austin Reeves starting. Um, and these guys, Schroeder, uh, these guys have been really, really good for them at home. And then away, you just kind of, they're not as good, which they feed off their fans, which is good, and that's what you expect. Um, but I think Denver is a really, really good team. I think this is uh, Jokic's best supporting cast. He's had in his career uh, and I think they're healthy and they're playing really really well together um, and so because of that uh, I'm taking Denver to win the series in seven um, I think that maybe it could be shorter than that 
I'd be shocked if the Lakers win this series. Um, but we'll see. Okay. Dan, how are you feeling about this series? Yeah, interesting stat, John Mike, to go um to go with your Lakers um winning at home stat. Uh I think Jack Nicholson has been to three games in the postseason. Two of them were at home. Um and when he's there, they've won each game. I think they were both um series clinching games, perhaps. Either way, I mean I, I agree with you. I think uh the home teams do well. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the Lakers win game seven in Denver. Um I I don't know. I think just the storyline of LeBron potentially winning another ring. Um, I think Anthony Davis has looked really, really good. I Again, just going back to deeper teams. Um, I mean, I don't really know what I'm talking about here when I'm talking about benches when it comes to the Lakers or the Nuggets. But, um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think the Lakers get it done in seven. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh I like it. I I have Lakers. I have Lakers in six. So first off, let me say, I did not think the Lakers would be here. Okay. I didn't think AD could keep his health the way he has. Um, But the team does run on him. He, his defense is unmatched in this, in this playoffs, really. He's, he's by far in a way been the best defensive player uh, on the court. I think this series is going to come down to that AD Jokic matchup. And I don't think Jokic First off, Jokic can't stop AD on defense. Uh, he probably couldn't stop Dan on defense. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, on yeah, exactly. Dan's just a Dan's great. Uh, and I don't see Jokic being able to do what he normally does against AD. And so I don't think the Lake. I think the Lakers. I think it goes in the exact same steps that it went the past two series. I think the Lakers win game one, they lose game two because it's a must win for Denver. They win games three and four, they lose game five, and then they win game six at home. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's how it's been the last two series for the Lakers. Yeah. The- yeah. And yeah, exactly. And so that's why I think, I think especially if they can take game one and obviously we'll, we'll, we'll know, you know, kind of where they're at the next time we record. Well, uh, and, can I rebuttal? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's fine. so. You're you're worried that Jokic isn't going to be able to, you know, perform because of Anthony Davis's defense. I honestly don't think that they can put Anthony Davis on Jokic because of the way that he plays. So, so Jokic will play on the perimeter, like at the three point line, and where does that put Davis? Davis would have to match up with Jokic on the perimeter, which forces him outside the paint, which leaves the paint open. That's what the Warriors were trying to do. They were trying to put Anthony Davis in the action, in the screen and roll, because they wanted him away from the bucket. And so I don't, I mean, Jokic is comfortable out there. He can play out there. So I think it's actually a really tough matchup for the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to have to figure out a way to, to put Anthony Davis on another person uh, I don't know. I, no, I, I, this is, this is the reason why. So in, in 2020, we saw this series, both teams were healthy. They made, made the Western conference finals. AD slapped Jokic around. Uh, I, I think one of the games he, AD hit a buzzer beater over Jokic because again, he can't play defense. Um, but basically I'm saying, even if AD comes out and, and guards Jokic, 
I believe LeBron and other players are going to not, they're not going to just let them walk into the paint and score or have backdoor cuts and all this right, kind of yeah, stuff. But I don't expect, I don't expect that, but Jokic is like the best passing center of all time. And I don't say that like, like he sees the floor like a point guard. And so sure. bringing Anthony Davis outside, I mean, and finally having a healthy team, man, I, I think it's, I think it's a tougher matchup for the Lakers than honestly the Warriors were. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, I think I think AD is going to have his way um, as long as he stays healthy. And again, I think the Lakers run on AD. If AD gets hurt, they're not winning this series. LeBron, you know, as great as he is in your 20s, not able to do what he's done before. You know, in the games that the Lakers lost, LeBron put up 25, you know, 10 and 5. In the games the Lakers won, LeBron put up 25, 10 and 5. LeBron puts up his numbers, but it's not an impactful number anymore. You know, it's better than most players. I give you that, but it, it's not the it doesn't have the same impact. You know, he's just a guy out there. He scores his points. He does he does all the things. But I don't see he's not the one. He's not like the catalyst for this team. It's AD. And so you know, I said it last series. I'll say it this series. This series will depend on Anthony Davis if he comes out and decides he wants to play great defense and play great offense. He can have his way with Jokic, and I think it follows those same steps as the last couple of series. Interesting. We'll see. I'm excited to talk about it next week, and I'm really, really looking forward to both series, uh, whether it be Celtic Sixers who play Miami or Lakers Denver. I think both series are going to be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and we'll know next. Well, you know, again, we'll know more next week. But the finals that we all have currently is I have Heat Lakers, which would be a rematch of that bubble championship uh john mike it's not i think you have celtics nuggets yes as yours and then dan you have celtics lakers which would be so much fun to watch um because of all that history that they have with each other but that's our nba coverage you know the the less series the less time we spend on nba and so now we get to go over to something that was released this week which was the nfl schedule and so we're not going to break down all the team schedules, but I do want to know from you guys who, what was the team or teams that you felt like were the biggest winners from the schedule release and who, who got no breaks and has a really tough schedule because of the release. Dan, I'm going to start over with you. Yeah. Right? So I went kind of in a different route when I'm talking about winners and losers. I just think generally content for the NFL was the big winner for this. I don't know if it's just because I'm not online a whole lot. I'm not super like, plugged into social media or anything like that these schedule release videos are freaking hilarious like they are so they are. good <laughs> i mean there were a couple that like kind of caught me by surprise i didn't get to watch all of them that would have been a, a very long day but can i, can I interrupt yes. you for the listeners please if you have access to youtube or twitter or anything please go do yourself a favor and go watch the tennessee titans schedule release video it is hilarious they go down broadway uh which is the main street in nashville and they ask like random fans uh who the titans are going to be playing it is just it is comic gold i was dying and i showed my wife and she was like cracking up as well it's hilarious Watch yeah it. all of them are really funny honestly i thought they did a great job i think it you know, I, I think it's cool kind of looking at it from just like a, a general fan's perspective. Like, I'm sure a lot of the videos that I saw, like they had, you know, coaches or, you know, players. Like, I think for the uh, which one was I just watching? I think it was the the Jets. Um, no, sorry, it was the Panthers. That one was hilarious, too. But the Panthers had like 
it was uh, in the context of, I think the long snapper was the director for this play that was going on. And they just had like little cameos from, you know, people from the city. I thought it was great. I think it's a good way to get kind of fans involved and interested. Um, I will say my loser is the uh, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think generally, I mean, obviously the, um, goodness, the AFC East um, has gotten a lot harder. Um, I, I think and the, the stats that I looked at were mostly centered around um, winning percentages of teams that you're playing. And I don't know, I don't understand the math really. Maybe someone can explain it better. Um, but the site that I was looking at, it was all based off of last year's winning percentage. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it looks like the AFC East, obviously with, you know, just taking into account winning percentage, not even factoring in Aaron Rodgers coming into the division and, you know, all of the talent that's gone to New York in the offseason. I think I think the AFC East is going to be a lot tighter than than what people might think. I don't think it's just going to be one team running away. I think the Jets are a little bit more competitive. Not to say that the Dolphins aren't a good football team, but I just think, you know, having to play, you know, each team twice in that division, I think that'll that'll be tough for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Jam, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you next. Who are your winners? Who are your losers? That's interesting that you said that, Dan, because honestly, Miami was one of my winners. Uh, yeah, same. In this, and and the reason is, if you look at their schedule, they get their longest road trip out of the way week one. They go to uh, at the Chargers, uh, yep. but then if you like look to the back end of their schedule, they uh, are home like four of the last five weeks, so they only have to travel once after December 3rd, uh, which is super, super nice for them. Um, and they're going to be playing a lot of games, you know, in the warmth. They're not going to play many cold weather games, uh, which will be a benefit to them. Uh, and I honestly think that a loser is the New York Jets. And the reason is, is because, you know, they get they get Aaron Rodgers, which is great. Um, but I kind of equate the Jets this year to the Broncos last year. There was so yeah. much hype around the Broncos. They front-loaded their schedule last year with uh, primetime football games, and then they just started laying eggs. And I'm not saying like Aaron Rodgers is you know just going to s- suck it up, but there's a lot of pressure in New York. They haven't been good in a really, really long time, and the front end of their schedule is is no joke. They're, they, they play Buffalo, then at Dallas, home against New England, Kansas City, at Denver, then Philadelphia in the first six weeks. I mean, they could easily go two and four in those in the front end of their schedule. And then that kind of just pancakes on the the pressure, the noise. They're going to be in the media every week. All of the sports show pundits are going to be talking about them. Yeah, but comparing them um, to the Broncos is a little tough. Like, I, Denver tried to slap a Russell Wilson Band-Aid on that football team. Like, I feel like the Jets have more going for them than obviously just trying to bring in, you know, a quarterback at the end of his career and, you know, trying to resurrect a team. I feel like the defense is way better than what Denver's was. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but... No, I mean, the, the people last year were talking about Denver's defense being one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, I let me chime in here, too. The Jets do have, you know they didn't get to play some of those higher powered offenses last year. And so their, their defensive numbers were a little inflated. Uh, and so, you know, I think things even out a little bit this year, jam two. I had, I wrote down two teams for each. Cause I thought maybe somebody would say it, you know, the dolphins, obviously um, I am a fan of them, but I genuinely thought the, the schedule they have is, is honestly the most ideal it could be. You get 
New England and Buffalo on the road early in the year. So again, you don't have to deal with the weather. Like you said, the longest road trips out. And then I think it's like five of the last six games are at home. And so, you know, they get, they get to basically stay in Miami until they have to go play Baltimore, I think up in Baltimore. Uh, And, you know, I think they got a, they got a great break. That's huge for me. I'm excited. I think that's a great thing. Here's another team. The Jacksonville Jaguars got a huge break because they have to play, they have to play Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati, and Kansas City this year, but they play them spread out first off, and I think they play two out of three of them at home. Uh, and so they get kind of these warm-up games leading into those games. Uh, and so I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if the Jags end up with one of the best records in the AFC because, first off, their division's a mess. Uh, you know, they they probably will win every game in their yeah, division. Yeah, their division, then, they could be 6-0, and which is huge. Yeah, yeah. and so, you know, after that, you start to look at their schedule and you're like, well, you, you string along a couple wins and then maybe, you know, you're on a hot streak. So you play better against Kansas city or you play better against Cincinnati or Buffalo, you know, than you'd expect to play and get a win there. And so that's kind of nice. And so, you know, I think the Jags there, the way their schedule played out worked really well. Yeah. Uh, as for looking, I'm looking at their schedule now, Nick, to your point, they play Kansas city at home. They play San Francisco at home. They play Cincinnati at home and they play Baltimore at home. They only have to go yeah. to Buffalo would be like their toughest road. road. But, and well, and they're like, they're kind of spread out. Like, you know, and this is where we get into the losers part. Like you said, the jets, the jets face a gauntlet the first six weeks, it, you know, it's just primetime game after primetime game. And it's teams that made the playoffs or teams that want to make the playoffs. You know, I like their schedule their easiest game is new England and you know, Bill Belichick is not, I know they haven't been great offensively, but you know, their defense can do stuff. And so, you know, the jets, I wouldn't be shocked. You said two and four. I wouldn't be shocked if they're one and five or even zero and six going into their bye. which take. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you look at those teams they're playing. They could easily lose every game. The one win I see on their schedule is, is new England. Uh, and that'll just depend on how Aaron Rodgers is gelling with the team because you know he's playing with a lot of young guys and we saw this in green bay he didn't gel well at the start of the season and so if that happens again in new york you're going to start the season really really rough and then they're going to go into a bye and it's going to feel like you know what are we even why are we even taking a week off we need to figure this thing out uh here was another loser i had the eagles so the eagles if the middle of their season uh is is a gauntlet in itself i think uh week seven they play miami gauntlet week eight they play washington hang on hang on it starts with miami you could you could not count miami i actually wrote weeks nine to 13 and then i realized they played miami two weeks prior and i thought i'll throw them in there uh they play miami week seven they play washington week eight so that's not bad but then i think it's dallas niners chiefs uh they play dallas again in there and then buffalo and so in a six-week stretch they're playing a ton of great teams now it the Eagles are a great team, right? So we, you know, we will see how that, how that pans out. But I just mean, that's a lot of good teams to be playing back to back to back to back and not getting those like pancakes in between. Well, and so that's kind of, like I said, the Dolphins, you can leave out, just start at week nine. If you look at their schedule and I think it's Dallas, they have Dallas twice. They have San Fran, they have, uh, they have the chiefs they have, uh, and the bills, I believe. And so, you know, if you just work from weeks nine to 13, they could, they could lose all four of those games. And then, you know, now all of a sudden, the Eagles who thought they'd win the division are in a in a tight uh, race for the division, and so you know I I think it is 
important when you play teams. And so I think, you know, my two, my winners and losers to be different than John Michael would be Jags and Eagles. Jags have a, got a really good break. Eagles got a tough stretch Ooh, there. Nick, can I talk a little bit about the Eagles? For so sure. the la- last year Eagles had like one of the easiest strength of schedules in the NFL. Uh, now yeah. they were, they were legit and they upgraded during the draft. They paid Jalen hurts. So they should still be good this, this year. But yeah, to your point, some of these games, so even before Miami, uh, they play the two weeks before they play Miami, they're at the Rams, who are going to have a healthy Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, who won the Super Bowl two years ago. So on the road, uh, that's not an easy game. And then the week after, they play at the Jets, and the Jets could be in like a must-win situation, like we talked about, uh, with their first five weeks uh, being really tough yeah. schedule. Then they play Miami at Washington, Dallas by at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco at Dallas, and then at Seattle. And Seattle could be really good as well, uh, depending on how yeah. Geno Smith is playing. But they upgraded during the draft as well. So yeah, you're right, man. The the middle of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles, if they don't stay healthy, if they have some injuries, uh, it can get real dicey for them this year. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well. That was our NFL coverage for this week. And now we get to go to a sport that we haven't really talked about yet on this podcast, but we love to cover it. We all like to watch it. And that is some golf. And so this coming weekend is the PGA Championship. And so I'll let you guys, if you guys want to talk more about the PGA Championship, you can. I was just going to ask, who do you think is going to win? I know it's hard to predict a winner in golf in general because someone could just get hot. But uh, Dan, I feel like you're our golf I mean, to be honest, John Mike probably is more plugged in than I am at this point. But I will... I'll talk about it a little bit. So they're playing at Oak Hill Country Club uh, this week. They've played, I believe it's three U.S. Opens there in the past. The most, or excuse me, PGA Championships. Uh, the one that they played most recently was in 2013. I don't remember who won that year. Um, but it's a it's a pretty stacked field. Uh, there's obviously a lot of hype around the guys that are, um, you know, in the top 10 of the World Golf Rankings. John Rahm. Uh, and Scotty Scheffler are both probably uh, the favorites. I'm, I'm looking at odds here, but I think they might have changed. So um, obviously one of the deeper fields in golf. I'd be interested to, he- to hear what John Mike thinks about who he thinks is going to win. I kind of went um, at this taking a favorite and then taking who I thought might be a little bit under the radar. Um, so I have, yeah. a- as one of the favorites being one of the uh, top 10 um, best odds to win the PGA Championship, I have Brooks Kepka winning, and here's why. Um, and I know this is, I, I don't know if I've said it on here, but I love the fact that the LIV gets to play in these majors. It's like the only time we really get to see the guys who have broken off from the PGA tour get to play against guys that are still on the PGA tour makes for a lot of great entertainment. And especially someone like Brooks, who has won so many major championships, he really, I mean, for the longest time on the PGA tour, he'd really only show up for the majors. Right. So, um, and we saw that in the masters only a, you know, a month ago. Uh, he showed up, kind of came out of nowhere, was in the final pairing on Sunday. Um, and I, to be honest, I haven't seen any golf from Brooks Kepka since then because he plays on the LIV. But I will say I think that uh, that he shows up again, being someone that kind of wakes up for the bigger tournaments. I think his game really fits um, a major championship setup, especially at a course. And it'll be interesting to see um, what the layout is for this year. I haven't looked um, you know, at how... You know how long it is, but I would imagine since 2013 they probably did a ton of changes um, in terms of the layout. And I think Brooks being one of the you know longer guys on tour, it really comes down to his putter. But you know, I, I think I think he's in the uh, in the mix on the weekend. And my dark horse, who I mean, he's not really a dark horse anymore, is Max Homa. 
Um, Max Homa has kind of broken out on the scene over the last couple of years. Um, famously won the Fortnite Open, I think was his first PGA Tour win. Um, but he has played he's played really well, um, you know, this season, and he really hasn't shown up for majors. The only cut, um, or excuse me, the only top twenty five he's ever made. Uh, in a major championship in his career was the PGA Championship, and I'm pretty sure it was last year. Um, so I think he he snaps out. I think he has a good chance of of doing something. Um, we'll see. I mean, I know he's a, a big fan favorite, so it'd be really cool to see him in the mix. Um, John, Mike, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for the PGA Championship. I really really enjoy watching golf. Uh, I'm not a good golfer, um, but I just enjoy getting to know these players and watching their stories and they hit just crazy golf shots. And, uh, so I really very much enjoy it. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. They're the two favorites, uh, to win this tournament. I'm a big Scotty Scheffler fan. Um, I love the way that he carries himself. He's playing well. He's AT&T Byron Nelson this weekend. Um, and he is tied for fourth going into Sunday, um, at 14 under. So, I mean, he's playing good golf right now. We'll see if he can carry that into the PGA Championship. Um, I think I like Xander Shoffley uh, this week because I think he's been mm-hmm. playing really good golf. He's due to win a major at some point. Um, so uh, I think Xander could could be in the mix come, come the weekend. Um, and then I also like Matt Fitzpatrick, who won the U.S. Open last year, uh, and he won the RBC Heritage in Hilton Head this year. Um, so he's playing good. Uh, he, the U S open last year was, uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, and then this tournament, the PGA championship is in Rochester, New York. So, um, similar regions, I guess. Um, and then I just like the way that he's playing. So, uh, Scheffler, Shoffley, uh, and Matt Fitzpatrick would be, uh, my top three. Tony Finau is also playing some good golf. Uh, and then I'm a big uh, Sahith Tagala fan as well. Of course, um, and he hasn't really been he hasn't really been in the mix uh, in any majors. He's a young player, 25 years old. Um, so those would be my top five. Uh, hopefully, I'm correct in saying maybe one of them or two of them will be in the mix come uh, Sunday. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, and one thing that you guys should know about me as we talk golf going forward is I am not a live fan at all. Uh, so maybe my mind will tell me to take them in a tournament like Kepka, Dan, you mentioned always plays well in majors. Uh, my heart tells See, me never to pick them. That's so no I fun, would never man. Say- the PGA, it was because of the live that the PGA started bumping up their purses and actually paying their players. So good, good on you, Phil. Yep. And I agree, but they just... The live guys, they just don't play against the best competition week in and week out. They just don't. Yeah, you're right. But they got $300 million in the bank. I think they're doing all right. Yeah, they're doing fine. Congratulations. $300 million in a bank, but your legacy is tarnished forever. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I I just looked at it. I looked at the list of the top five players. I read them off to Molly, and I said, Molly, who do you think is going to win? Because I know golf is kind of just a pick them. And she said Rory McIlroy. So I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy this week. Uh, I think he has a chance. I know that's he won, he won a Masters won. before, right? <laughs> oh, that's the one he hasn't won. Dang it. I, I <laughs> Is that the one he's had the lead in and then blew? I don't know. A couple times? He got second. He got second. There was the year. famous, I, I think he was on the lead going into the back nine, snap hook to drive on 10 and blew up. I That was a while ago, though. 
Okay. Well, I I wish I followed more golf. I definitely will follow this weekend because I'll need to know if Rory's winning. But that's my pick, and that's our golf segment. All right, and so Ready, Set, Debate was a new segment we did last week. We polled our listeners, and we think you guys liked it. So we're going to go ahead and run it back and do Ready, Set, Debate again, except this time I'm going to give the reins over Thank to Dan. So there have Take been away, several Dan. iterations of this debate in my head. I'm really happy with how I, I had this set up. Like John Mike said um, the last time we did this, um, I gave Nick and John Mike just a broad topic of what I wanted to, to debate. Um I told them it would be championships. So specifically, we're talking Big Four, MLB, NHL, uh, NBA, and the NFL. Now, I don't know if we'll ever uh, actually, or if we'll make it to the MLB side, but here's the question that I want you guys um, to give me an answer for. And it's kind of broad, but it's also sort of specific. I'll, I'll give you guys creative liberty on where you want to take this. But I want you to tell me, um, we'll go last 10 years. So going back to 2022, um, or 2022, 2012, um, we'll go 2012, yeah. So 2012, since then, I want to know the best champion across uh, the four major sports, and then I want to hear the worst. So um, one way of looking at this could be just like the best overall team, what could be the most underrated or overrated, um, most forgettable, most unforgettable. I'll, I'll let you guys go. All right, so... Best champion across the four major sports, worst champion across the four major sports, Dan. Here's what I got for you. My best champion, probably the best champion in NBA history, 2017 Golden State Warriors. All right. Uh, team that went 73 and nine, did not win the championship, adds Kevin Durant, uh, and then beats, I think, the Cavs. It, it was 4 1, or did they sweep them that year? I don't remember if they swept them or not that year. What? No, it was 4-1. Yeah, it was 4-1, and then the next year they swept them. But either way, you you could take either of those champions. I think the first year they were better uh, than they were the second year um, together. But that team, I think, is the best NBA team in history. Uh, You know, you have prime Kevin Durant, prime Steph, Clay before he's injured, Draymond would be able to shoot. You know, it didn't even matter who the fifth guy on the court was because he was just on the court because you had four great players on the court. Uh, and so I think by far that's the best champion over the last 10 years. And the worst champion comes from the same year, but it comes in baseball. And that's the 2017 Astros because they cheated. They literally cheated and won the World Series and they admitted it. And so I don't even know how you can pick a team in the last 10 years that's worse than them because they had to cheat to win a championship. And I, I don't think in any of the other sports there's been a team that cheated. And so 2017 might have been one of the best sports years because you had a terrible champion that everyone hated, and you had a great champion that is probably one of the best of all times. And so there's my take on that. John Michael? Mm. See, I'm a person that I want to go right to the emotions of the listener. And I think that's how I'm going to win this debate. So there's a few, a few teams that I'm going back and forth between. Just Really solid stories. So I'll start with the the worst. I agree. Houston Astros 2017. That was my team as well um, for the same reason. Um, but maybe I'll have to pick another one. Dan, what's the rules? Do I have to pick uh, another one? No, but you should. So I'll just, I'll just tell the listeners who I'm between, and then I'm going to pick one. So I have a few teams that come to mind. For the worst team, yes, 2017 Houston Astros because they cheated. 
And then I also thought back to NFL. It would have been the year that the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And maybe it's because it was just such, I mean, the Patriots were a good team that year. Yes. Yes, they were. Uh, Gronk, Tom Brady, you know, it was a dynasty for sure. But they won that game 13 to three. It is the most boring Super Bowl I can remember in recent history. And maybe it's because that defense was just so dominant for New England that year. Or maybe it was because the Los Angeles Rams, that was a young head coach, a young Jared Goff, first time in that situation. They couldn't put points on the board. It was horrible. Uh, So just a very boring Super Bowl. Um, So for the sake of argument, I guess I'll put uh, New England there. Um, to go against the Houston Astros, but I would probably honestly vote for the Astros. But listeners, I want to beat Nick, so uh, you could throw <laughs> a vote for uh, the New England Patriots there. Um, for winners, and I may be a little biased here, uh, but man, the Cleveland Cavaliers victory coming back from 3-1 in 2016. You're kidding me. Listen, listen, I'm just telling you that that was... I, I'm I'm from Ohio. I grew up two and a half hours southeast of Cleveland. That was euphoric. That was the most incredible NBA series I've ever watched in my entire lifetime. Cleveland hadn't won a championship in, in any major sport in like over 50 years. LeBron comes home. He's down 3-1 against a team that beat him 4-2. Finals and the year NBA mixed it in. What? The NBA mailed in the series by suspending Listen, Draymond. I'm just telling you that there is an asterisk forever for that series. Okay, for me. fine. Then how about when the New England Patriots came back from 28 to three against the Atlanta Falcons? That was also just an incredible game that I will always remember. So I'm, like I said, I'm going for the emotions of the list. You remember where you are, where you were when you were watching that game. I was on Fort Myers Beach in a restaurant that doesn't even oh, exist man. anymore, thanks to Hurricane Ian, watching, oh. watching that game. And I was like, you know what? I can't turn it off. It's twenty-eight to three, but I can't turn it off because I can't shake this feeling that the game's not over yet. And I feel like millions of people also had that feeling, and it was right. And I hate the Patriots. It pains me to say this, but man, that yeah. was. If you're going the emotional route, I'm shocked you don't go with like Chicago. No, that Cubs. was my third. Then it was the Chicago ah. Cubs winning a game seven in 2016 for their first championship in 108 years or since 1908 or whatever it was, um, which would actually be the same thing if it was 2016. So, yeah, 108 years. So, those were the three best championships I've ever watched. Are they the best champions? debatable but i really want to beat nick so i think you should throw votes my way yeah i look i'm just gonna say i i your champions are good they're good stories i'm just looking at it from sheer star power sheer you know ability you know if you look across the sports i don't think there's ever been a team constructed the way those and that's why the nba is that dumb that dominant yeah it's because they manipulated and found loopholes in the salary cap and they're able to sign kevin durant which was a bunch of bush league and he shouldn't even went to the warriors in the first place he got carried to his two rings and if or you say oh well he was the uh mvp of both series 
blah blah blah. We all know Steph is the star. Steph proved it before. LeBron did he the same thing. Oh, I, I'm not even arguing the KD yes, part. I'm just you. saying LeBron's LeBron started it. If we're being honest, LeBron started it by going to Miami. But also, look, we talked about this last night at my house that you know NBA teams win with multiple stars. That's just a matter of the fact. You know, you it doesn't matter how far back you go. There's a, there's a few times where it was led by I'm so one glad guy. That you mentioned that because you, your fairy tale is about to come to the end. But by Miami Heat. All right, we'll see. I really hope you eat those words. I cannot wait to see this series. Either way, it'll be good because Jimmy won't let them just die. But yeah, I all mean, right. This is a hockey Dan, thing. Is there anything you want to add? Or? Really awesome uh, Stanley Cup champs. Like no, well, I mean, yeah, the Lightning. Lightning. I mean, obviously going back to back, but I specifically was thinking of like really great teams. Uh, like the Capitals finally winning for Ovi was was a super cool year. I mean, him going so many times, just not being able to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then sure. finally breaking through. Like obviously one of the greatest scorers all time. Also that the next year, 2019, the St. Louis uh, or St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues uh, run uh, to the to the Stanley <laughs> Cup was unreal. I mean, you could probably argue that they were um, not one of the best teams, but just overall like greatest champion, I think, you know. There, there are lots of ways you could have gone with that argument. I like the way that you guys both took it. I think that it made it easier to debate between, you know, across different sports. I mean, obviously kind of ending with the NBA, like, you know, I, th- I think it'll give our listeners something to think about. So with that being said, I thought, you know, since I lost the last debate because some schmuck named John Michael oh, good. <laughs> decided to hand it in, right? Like, who who's to say that any of us, who's to say that any of us should, should be the the end all be all for an argument when we should give it to the listeners. All right. We should let the listeners decide who wins each debate because I'm sick and tired of someone choosing a debate that I know nothing about. And then not, you know, I just think sick and tired. That only happened one once was enough. Once was enough for me, John Michael. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I guess we'll talk about the results. So we decided that on our, do we have an Instagram page, Nick? On our Instagram. At We're making one. So find us on Instagram. Here. What's up? Nick, you can edit it in. Um, you will be able to vote for the next, before the next uh, podcast airs, you'll be able to vote or records, I guess. You'll be able to vote on who you think won this debate. Nick's won enough. <laughs> yeah. Vote John Michael. That's my campaign. I'm one and oh. What do you mean I've won enough? Because <laughs> they, they you know the Panthers are both in the East. Oh, that's what you mean. Hey, here's that's my if the Panthers win the championship this year, they might take the spot just for the the emotional yeah, sake I for me. That's what I'll say. All right. Either way, thank you for listening to episode four of What's Up Doc, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.